Welcome back, everyone. This is another episode of The Next Stage. This week, me and Tyler sat down, or I wish, had a phone conversation with the legend Christopher Blevins. Chris is truly someone who is way beyond just their athletic ability. He is someone who dedicates his time to his community, to charitable causes, to just making this world a better place, and just he truly enjoys riding his bike. This was such a refreshing, such an amazing conversation that wasn't just all about his highlights and his amazing career, which is incredible, but it was about other things that he's trying to do within the sport and use the bike as his platform. So thank you, Chris. You guys enjoyed this podcast. It was a pleasure. Hey. Yeah. What's up, man? You guys hear me? Yeah. Loud and clear, my man. How we doing? All good. How are Amazing. you? I'm good. I'm uh, alone in Austria. Like, first time I, like, booked a rental car in Europe and just just sent it, like, by myself, which has uh, been pretty fun, honestly. So, what, yeah. so you're, just cru- you're just cruising Europe right now in a rental car or Austria? Yeah, yeah. I, I dropped the rental car off, actually, and we're – I'm basically just on my own this first week, you know, out of quarantine. And then um, we're going to a race this weekend. Keegan's doing it too. He just got here. And yeah, then, I saw that. We were just talking about that. Yeah. So, and then we don't have, we don't really have the World Cups until like September 30th. So, some more time. Yeah, to nice. Nice. We're, so, that's, go ahead, Tyler. Oh, no, go ahead. Oh, so, I mean, yeah, obviously, we're already diving into it with you, Chris. But, uh, yeah, thanks for doing this, man. Thanks for uh, jumping on the podcast with us. We're super excited to, you know, hear your story and hear how you got into mountain biking and everything like that. So uh, we're super excited. And, uh, yeah, this is going to be a cool podcast, man. We already had Keegan on, and it's cool. Yeah, you guys are over there now actually about to race. Yeah, man. Well, well thanks for having me. Um, I remember – I don't know if you remember this moment, but I think I was, I was either 17 or 16. Uh, and you two were both the 23 house considered. We had just moved in like Fitland and just, you know, <laughs> Fitland. but yeah, right. Good old Fitland. But, uh, TJ, I walked in the 23 house and you're like, Hey man, I'm making French toast. You want any? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, and these guys on BMC, like, they're making their toes. That's dope. Oh, man. <laughs> big French guy. Big, big breakfast, breakfast guy over here, man. Love it. Love me some fast stacks, some French toast. Uh, yeah, just going all out. And, I mean, th- during that time, I felt like th- we definitely needed a lot more of that there. I didn't think there was a lot more, like, you know, like, we needed a lot more kind of community, I felt like, there. And a lot more, like, community breakfasts and helping out and doing stuff like that because I felt like that was important just to help with the home vibe you know here a bunch of dudes are you miss home you miss kind of that American vibe those big American breakfasts so why not you know just make that happen at the USA house yeah totally I mean it it definitely kind of goes you know just unrecognized how important that is and um, just carving out that space what year was that do you remember was that like 15 16 they had to have been, yeah, 2015 probably. 15, yeah, okay. Yeah, I remember some big French toast uh, breakfasts there. 
big mornings. Yeah. I mean, it would be a lot. It would be full, like a couple loaves. I remember it'd be like, you know, three loaves. Oh. It'd take all morning. Just because, yeah, you got hungry cyclists there, man. Yeah, true. So, do you, yeah. do you, uh, what do you kind of do for, uh, you traveling a lot, uh, all the time, actually, and a lot of unique places, you know, normally, like, with cycling, you're kind of just stuck, I feel like, in Europe, but you're always with mountain biking, you're all over the world and doing those World Cups all over the world. What, what do you kind of do when you're traveling to, I don't know, bring that, little taste of home or I know a lot of people travel with their coffee or whatever, or like I said, I made pan uh, French toast. Like what's something you're doing like that? Yeah. Well, I got my coffee and pancake mix. Which is, which is key. Um, really? You travel with pancake mix? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, that is so awesome. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah, so, all right. What pancake mix do you use, man? I use the, uh, like Pamela's almond flour stuff. Um, okay. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's like all you all you need is water and it still tastes half decent. So um, totally. I, actually, I, love those. I would fly with a little waffle maker. <laughs> um, I didn't bring it this no time. Way. All last season. Really? A little waffle maker and like definitely sparked a couple outlets in Poland, some random places. But <laughs> Hugan and I before the race and so we did Swiss Epic last year together or two years ago now. And uh, then we we're just running on fumes and we went to like one more race weekend in Poland and there was just like no good food at all. So before the race, we made like, like 15 mini waffles between the two of us. And it took like half an hour to just run the waffle maker. <laughs> oh my gosh. Just in like a little hotel room. Exactly. Like, like you, little European hotel room. That's so You can funny. picture it perfectly. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's something. Cause like, I mean, I was someone, especially as I got older, like I would always travel. I had like a little uh, electric like mocha pot so I could always have coffee. And that was super easy for me because you just need water. You had your coffee and you just need electricity and water and your money. You can make good coffee. And but I've never heard of anyone taking a waffle iron with them. That is that is a new level of commitment. Next game. New level of commitment. I appreciate that, though. I got the team to keep one in the trailer. Okay. That was that was a smart move, opposed to yeah. flying. But <laughs> that is so awesome. That is we we started doing things like that this year. Well, at the only event we did, but uh, at the Epic Rides, uh, the twenty four hour event, we just we told everyone, hey, like come hit us up over at the Imaginary Collective tent and like our little like setup. And I mean, I was just flipping flap, flap stacks all morning, all flap morning. Stacks. Just yeah, yeah, fat. Well, I call them fat stacks because they're, oh, okay. they're literally. These like they're not just flapjacks, like tiny pancakes. They're gonna be the size of your face and like nice. thick. Like these nice. are gonna one one pancake's gonna fill you up. And uh, I dig that having the the waffle maker in your RV or in your like setup is so cool. I feel like this yeah. is a this is a topic we need to ask every guest now. I think I, this idea. is crazy. What's your what's your breakfast go to? Because man, that is that is that's some real good content right there. Honestly, Chris Evans yeah. travels with with pancake mix and a waffle iron. I was not expecting that, honestly, to come out of like I just wasn't. What what started that, man? What? Um. Well, actually, funny. Like Keegan was big into pancakes when he was like, yeah. So so Keegan, fun fact, <laughs> uh, dated my sister in eighth grade, 
Um, <laughs> so I was, I was like, what, 11 or 12? And like, uh, Keegan was 14 or, and you know, so we've known each other a long time. And like, he was like big into pancakes way back then. So, uh, Keegan, like, and, and Kate, you know, obviously <laughs> she's big into her waffles, pancakes as well. So we actually all have the same nutritionist who kind of, um, you know, what is it work at Waffle House? I mean, it sounds like you just, <laughs> but I mean, getting just like all pancakes and waffles here. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, it's so reliable. Um, when you're not, like I said, um, short circuiting the outlet in Poland, but like, uh, you, if you have your pancake mix, you, you have your previous meal. So it may not be the most appetizing thing some mornings, but most of the time it is. Most of the time you can't go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm definitely like, I'd say, you know, I'm, I'd like to think I'm not very high maintenance as far as, you know, some athletes, right. Like they have to measure their, uh, measure their calories and everything like all the time. And, uh, to a degree that stuff's like important, but, um, the pancakes are kind of the one thing that I kind of, you know, I have to stick to and I have to have, um, there's, yeah, you know, how it a is. little bit of mental comfort too, like before the event, like just knowing like, all right, I'm, I'm good. I got this. Totally. There's a little, ri- little ritual. I get it. A little, I get it. Oh yeah. I mean, so, we're still, I think that's kind of something mountain biking is, um, you know, a big difference with road is, is you can have these rituals and the start and everything, like the second the gun goes off, everything's unpredictable, but everything up to that point, you can do exactly the same every time. And it's not like you're rolling out for so, say, four, like 20 minutes to spin around before, you know, like everything is just, everything's predictable beforehand, which is nice. So, I mean, you're, you're, you're able to kind of talk about that because, uh, me and Tyler were actually talking. You were on the action team, right? The U23 team, the road team. Yep. Yeah, I was on. I was on for two years. So you're not just. You weren't just this. You know, a mountain biker. Maybe explain like your junior years leading into the U23, and then to deciding where you were going to go. You know, mountain bike, road bike. Yeah. So I, you know, I think like in recent years, there's been more people who who've done other disciplines in addition to road. Um, we've seen a lot of people like, you know, Sepp, um, Nielsen and Sean, who, who used to race mountain bikes and then uh, switched and it <laughs> was obviously the right decision for them. And I think that's kind of the common path. Like if you get on a team like action, you're kind of expected to, uh, you know, follow that and hopefully end up in the world tour. Um, and, you know, I kind of always, you know, growing up in Durango, love the mountain bike a lot more and growing up racing BMX, being able to, uh, you know, use some of my skills on the bike. Um, so honestly, I just kind of, like, it was a decision I had to follow my heart and like, I was never really, uh, that kind of committed to the road world tour lifestyle, you know, and what that looked like. And I recognize like that for a lot of people, that's like, that's a dream and it would never really my dream, but like the mountain bike and, the sense of exploration with it and uh, kind of individuality. There's a lot of room. And uh, I think mountain biking can grow a lot in the next few years. And hopefully it's not like other kids in my position would have to see the road as like the only viable kind of career option, you know? Um, so anyway, it was, it was, yeah, you know, a tough decision. And I was really fortunate to race for action and be able to race a mountain bike as well. Um, 
But after that second year, U23, I really realized, like, I want to go all in on the mountain bike and, and try to make it to Tokyo. Yeah. And so, we, I mean, you've were you been... feeling any, oh, sorry, were you, no, no, were you feeling any pressure? Like, to kind of, I mean, it sounds like you just loved doing the mountain bike and were super successful on the mountain bike. And I felt like a lot of mountain bike successful kids were then pressured, whether from community or whatever, to kind of like try and pursuing the road. Uh, and that's kind of like what they then like went down the road, but like the road career. But like for you, was that kind of like something like, oh, I, I love the mountain bike so much, but a lot of people think, you know, I could be successful on the road. Maybe I'll give this a shot. Uh, and then what you did those two years and you're just like, nah. Yeah, I mean, I I really like, you know, I I was always racing road and mountain at the same time, and, and you know, in the junior years, there's typically more pathways to go to Europe on the road bikes. So like, when I was 14, uh, yeah, well, 15, I went to Belgium for the Kermesses, and it wasn't like I, you know, was pressured to try the road later on in my junior years, and then just like went for it and didn't like it. Like I was always kind of doing both, and. Uh, Honestly, I probably would have just raced my mountain bike out of juniors, you know, into college if uh, I didn't have the option to race for, for action. And, I mean, I was so lucky, like, with how Axel kind of handled it and the room he gave me to race my mountain bike. Like, that's really rare, I think. On Yeah, you had an interesting schedule. Maybe, like, uh, reflect on that. Like, let us – I mean, because that was – you were doing both at that time, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, bouncing back and forth, like, pretty regularly. I did, um, I guess, like, one example. Um, you both moved in there, Toro, Colorado. Uh, let's see. The last time it happened, I guess. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, so, you know, I did I did Mount St. Anne World Cup and then, like, flew from there to Colorado and, and raced there. And, you know, it's obviously not maybe the best – prep or like what I would do if I was just targeting tour Colorado. But um, it was fun for me to, to kind of mix it up like that and take the pressure off of each event because everyone was so different. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just like having that freedom for Maxwell was, was huge. And, and I didn't feel much pressure to commit to the road. And I kind of insisted on doing things my way from the jump. And uh, the pr only pressure I really had was kind of internally, I guess or what I expected other people to be thinking. Cool. Very cool. So, are you, are you, yeah, sorry. Um, yeah. So are you like, I mean, you still, you still race the road a bit and uh, like, is that something that you would like to go back to? Or are you thinking you're going to stick mostly mountain biking? Obviously I have Tokyo next year and then, yeah. So I guess two part question is one, like, do you see yourself going back to the road? And then two, bigger question is like how did 2020 like in the olympics getting pushed like how did you have to readjust everything yeah um well i definitely could go back to the road i definitely could you know do a full season of cyclocross like next year world is in fayetteville for cyclocross yeah. i'd love to give that a shot um i don't think i don't really see myself ever going like full world four and you know committing to like that path and that kind of trench entirely but um yeah if there are options for me to like to pop into some road races and I, I know it's not that simple but i definitely see myself as more of a bike racer than like 
you know, a mountain biker or a road mm-hmm. racer. Um, and then, That's awesome. uh, yeah, this year, I mean, you know, I could <laughs> say a lot about it, obviously. Um, I've really been incredibly fortunate to like live in, you know, small mountain town in Durango and then go to school in San Luis Obispo. And like, you know, we never had to quarantine, uh, my, a lot of my teammates in Spain or, uh, South Africa were on trainers for months. So, um, you know, things were like relatively, um, compared to everyone else, like un, um, unchanged. And I was able to kind of jump into some classes that, uh, I wouldn't take if I was going for Tokyo. So I like caught my caught up on classes a bit, which is good. Oh, nice. yeah. Um, and then really like forming a new relationship with kind of the process of training and like just being more curious about like the little stuff and, uh, having kind of more freedom in training and, I've really like haven't felt like it's been a drag to keep going and keep training. And uh, that's really due to just kind of a shift in mindset. And I think if this year would have happened last year, I probably wouldn't have had that um, like openness to all this uncertainty. So nice. What, why is that? Have you started, what have you started doing to help with all this uncertainty? Well, you know, so last year, I think like just I felt like I was going through the motions a bit and like I was over in Europe racing these world cups and didn't really know if I wanted to be there like truly and really yeah I mean it's just kind of you know I think we all question that and you know we all we know how how it's hard, hard. It's it's freaking hard. hard. yeah and then you know it's not um easy to kind of remember your why sometimes so cementing that like deeply and kind of um, it was just a reorientation on like why I want to do the sport and what I want to get out of it. And it's not, it's kind of redefining success on my own terms and, um, having kind of that internal goal on top of the external goal of like getting a podium or whatever. So, um, I mean, you know, practically speaking, like I've, I've started meditating a lot. Um, and awesome. I definitely think like cycling itself is a lot of his mindfulness practice, but um, approaching it from that kind of perspective as like, this is a process and it never ends. And, you know, you're always here. So. Um, Dude, I, I think that's the best you can do, man. I think everyone needs to start meditating this year. I'm going to have to give it a try at some point because man, everyone, all the good guys, they all meditate, man. We all want, you know, we all want that kind of equanimity and like, stability in our lives it's just like it's got to be yours and like can't be in the image of like what someone else thinks you should do you know so like totally it's just got to be you sitting with yourself and being like all right man like tyler or all right christopher we're just gonna sit here and like just just chill so it's that simple dude yeah i i i started meditating this year and i mean like you kind of said the the almost loss for passion or desire to like what you're doing you know, it definitely had happened. And I mean, you know, cause you're like, well, why are you, why are you riding? Why are you racing? You know, you're just targeting results, but then you win the result. And then what happens next? You know, you're just like, always oh, kind of this unfulfillment. Mm-hmm. And I, I definitely have noticed with, I'm on like day 87 now. I'm super stoked. Uh, just meditating. I do a lot of the Wim Hof breathing yeah. uh, type of meditation. And I just, I've loved it. How it's just really you know, like you kind of said, 
hit on why you're doing it and seeing the bigger picture of, okay, I want to push myself more, not because I care about achieving this result or this success, but because I want to pull the best out of myself. Like that's, that is the success now, that challenge of getting your absolute best out of yourself. And it's crazy. I mean, I'm more motivated now, more, you know, training more and riding Zwift and doing those races. And I, I, that's just from that kind of mental switch from meditating. Totally. Have you guys, have you had moments? I mean, I know the answer is yes, but I'd like to hear about it. Like, how has that process been? Like, have you guys had moments in the past few years where you didn't want to keep doing this or? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dude, are you kidding me? It's like every cyclist, if Mm -hmm. any cyclist tells you, that they've never thought that they're lying straight to your face like they are literally the issue is man it's literally too hard like the work is so hard and i mean we get to choose it so it's hard to say like it's hard to complain about it because we're choosing to do that hard work it's a good hard work you know compared to like going i guess doing construction all day but uh but it's the physical demand on it and then the mental demand i mean it's all around. I mean, and then it's, it's crazy. Like every cyclist wants to quit. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, you probably, you know, happened to me in the last like two, sure. two, two, three years, but sure. I mean, especially the end of 2018, I don't, I would never really, I never like lost the passion for riding ever. Um, but I mean, you just get, you just kind of, like you said, man, like it's hard. It's just hard. And you just like, you're in, most of the time you're banging your head against the wall and not really getting that much return on, <laughs> on your work. And so sometimes you're just like, what am, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, and what am I doing it for? And, well, and, and I think that... when you do lose that, you do, when you lose that, like, like you said, you like your why, then you do definitely like, yeah, you just kind of, I feel like you end up just like kind of like spinning in, in the same spinning, your spinning your tires, you know, you're just not doing anything. You're just like staying in one place. And, and uh, you know, like I got lucky with, with you know getting involved in legion and that's given me a big a why again in a lot of mm-hmm. ways and that mm-hmm. like totally fired up you know i mean i loved racing i was still racing locally last year and stuff like that but once that came for me like that gave me a big purpose again um yeah. but yeah i mean i'm like you know i, th- I think it ups and flows in a bit for everybody at some point or another like and we, tj and i were kind of talking we did like a little recap tour de france recap uh podcast a couple days ago and I like I see it with Sagan a lot right now. I I feel like he has that same problem of he's just like, why? Like, what am I doing? What am I doing this eighth green jersey for? Like, I've already done all this. I make tons of money. Like, at the same time, now he got disqualified or re- relegated the other day, and I'm sure he has a lot more why now than he did. So we'll have to see uh, how that goes for him. But yeah, I think I mean um, Every- I think everyone has to deal with it at some point. Yeah, and it's, it's only I mean I you know yeah, like if you if you do question it or you have like those uh you know those those big bummer months or years then i think that's going to give perspective on when you find it again mm-hmm. yeah there's a lot there's a lot of emotion in it because you're having to dig so deep and your body's so fragile a lot of the time you know what i mean like when you're at your best you're also at your em- most emotional i felt like mm-hmm. which is why i wish i would have done meditation a long time ago because it just would have helped that clarity seeing things in real time because a lot of times you just get so caught up in the moments. I remember being at, you know, the and like me and Tyler, we raced the road scene the whole t- our whole career. So we were always on teams and with BMC, you know, you do races and there's a lot of high pressure to 
you know, do this and that. And like it, it, I remember one year, I mean, it truly felt like a crazy job and it was only, we were only 22, you know, and like you're getting yelled at for not making the break or not making like this split or whatever. And you're just like, wait, I thought these were supposed to be our years of experimenting and enjoying it, you know, and learning, you know, how to grow. And, uh, definitely like kind of Tyler said starting how he went to Legion and you even how you left action and we're like all right I'm gonna just pioneer myself you know do mountain biking and do my own solo thing I think that right there and then when you just switch the focus off of being a specific bike rider and actually looking at just being like all right I'm just gonna ride my bike like mountain bike gravel bike road bike whatever I'm just gonna ride my bike and I'm just gonna do events that are fun and cool like it I mean for me it's really helped just enjoy it you know a lot more because i'm just doing i i never enjoyed the team vibe where it was like i don't know i was too i wanted to always be too creative and i was too out there and i knew like it just never fit in with that kind of old european vibe and allowing me to kind of create my own thing and i think that's really sweet like you keegan you guys have like your own thing with in the mountain bike vibe and you're like i was talking to tyler it's really cool i feel like you're doing a lot of cool content stuff and uh, being really creative and uh, I think that's how you keep it that's how moving forward you also just keep it fresh and exciting is you know we ride so much but you look in other sports and they're also doing other things man they're also being creative they're being more creative with their sponsors like you know I you know like they're just doing other things and I think with the mountain bike scene and the gravel scene and even Legion pushing kind of that team you know, road scene that's doing their own path. Like you have these create these kind of pioneer paths that are starting to create and asking for a lot more from sponsors. Totally. I think what's also, you know, unique, like you mentioned other sports, they engage with sponsors and kind of have like, you know, the full picture of who they are as people. But in, in the with the bike, like there's so much room for that because the bike itself is like such a different personal experience to every person and like there's so many different applications of it so you don't have to just be a bike racer off in that corner to be involved in the bike world and like if you can have kind of the whole picture of what a bike means to different people and like carry that with you as you know i'm speaking kind of how i want to treat my career but you know understand that you know that like a kid who is riding his bike for the first time and uh get how to get the group of friends together and like that's their you know escape from the city on the weekends like that is something i want to tie myself to and the bike in this sport i think there's so much room for that 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 a traditional european team totally neglects and they kind of like strip you from your humanity and creativity and like i totally feel you on that one so yeah so then i mean you get it 100 percent. what are you what are you then doing to do that i mean what are you doing to then get more kids doing what you're doing in a cool way and because i mean yeah i feel you i want people i want we have all these high school kids you know in the high school league and then nowhere for them to go i feel like you know like they leave the high school league and if they're not you know these amazing road riders they don't get picked up by the national team or anything like that or you know it's hard for them to go and it's like there are also these other kids on these high school that might not just be fully interested in racing and might also have an interest in like art or but yet you know like having these other outlets and so like 
that was a big big influence with creating imaginary collective was you know having something like that where kids could be coming be creative and like you have this cool like vibe you know where you're working with the sponsors instead of the you know the team's telling you what to do or what to wear all this but like so what are you doing then you're 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 a big sponsor is specialized correct yep so what are you what are you guys doing to i don't know get more kids out on bikes get like so what are you doing to influence that yeah um well i mean you know at this stage in my career like i'm life i guess like i'm about to graduate from school and i uh I'm studying business and sociology. So I think there's a decent amount of things I can apply in that direction, you know, in the bike world in the future. Um, whether it's like, you know, hopefully 10 years from now or something, I can work with a nonprofit or like have my own, you know, foundation or nonprofit in this way. Um, and I love, you know, the project you have and examples like that. There's, there's tons of them. Um, but the big kind of work I'm doing is with specializing outride. Outride is oh cool yeah it was the specialist foundation and my sister works for Outride and I'm an ambassador but a lot more involved than you know just that like I helped her develop this partnership with USA Cycling where every Outride kid and there's like fifty thousand now is getting a free USAC membership uh, to to you know race their bike if they want to so um, you know it's awesome I really like you know, mean it when I say like stuff like that, if I can do anything like that, <laughs> that matters to me more than if I like podium the world this year. And uh, I know that winning worlds or whatever will help me have a platform to have that impact. Um, and they're kind of, they all work together into this complete picture. But um, yeah, Outride's doing a lot of great things. I'm also on the specialized uh, equity, diversity, inclusion team. We're, um, we're writing, I, I volunteer at the juvenile hall in San Luis Obispo in the creative writing program. So we're wow. beyond so that. cool, man. Yeah. And, and right now we're, we're exchanging letters with, with inmates um, who are working with youth at risk youth to try to like have a positive impact on them. And there may be nobody better than that than the people who are behind bars and understand the experience that they went through. So we're trying to create pathways for them. to like, maybe we start an outright school at a juvenile hall one day. Um, so I just kind of blending all these different passions and going in these different directions, but all, but what is like underlining it is the experience of the bike. Like, I think there's a ton of room to just be creative in that way. Dang. That's awesome, man. I didn't know about the, I mean, you're much more involved in outride than I am, but like also like a few of us on Legion are outride ambassadors and it's an amazing program. And like, I was really looking forward to doing a lot with them. Uh, this year before, you know, just, just with the school visits and things before everything got shut down. But the juvenile hall stuff, that's that's really awesome. That's that's really cool work, man. How'd you get involved in that? Uh, that like volunteering at the juvenile hall? Yeah. Uh, like what inspired you to do that? Yeah, so I'm, I'm a sociology um, major at Cal Poly and um, the, a lot of the kids – will do internships with restorative partners, which is this organization that does restorative justice at the different facilities in San Luis Obispo. And they have, you know, volunteer opportunities where you just basically do a 12 hour orientation one day and then have a background check. And then you can go in to the juvenile hall. And most of the time, I just play cards with the kids, but sometimes we'll do creative writing exercises. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was just, I'm really thankful. I kind of, 
stumbled into that and then since that is incredible man yeah <laughs> you like you think you're I mean, we got you on the show, you know, thinking it's going to be just all about how awesome your bike riding is. And I mean, you're an even cooler person. You're a way cooler person. Like, well, that's amazing. I mean, you guys too, you know, I think cycling, there are a lot of really kind of creative people in the sport and that the sport kind of draws, you know, those personalities. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just something I, I kind of want these things that are so different than me than just racing my bike to keep perspective. And that's really why I probably pursued it in the first place. But now I'm, I'm getting to sort of blend the two, which is really exciting to me. Yeah, having your sponsors. I mean, that was one thing we did with uh, Imaginary Collective was I'm super involved with uh, Pingree, which is the autism center in Salt Lake City. And uh, I just, I don't know, went there, loved the experience, just thought the kids were awesome. And then I was like, all right, I can do, I could do a painting for them. And the next year, you know, we auctioned off the painting, whatever. And then this year when I was starting up Imaginary Collective, I was like, to all our sponsors, I was like, okay, this is, you know, I always want to do something towards this. And, you know, we got Envy to donate some wheels for me to paint on to then auction off. We got, you know, all these different cool decals. We got uh, all these other things. And I mean, that was a thing I have always believed in is it doesn't matter how small you are or what you're doing. I always believe if, you have the resources to do something good in your community. And, and, you know, I think you've, you've had a significant impact in various ways. And like, you just got to start where you are and imagine it is a great example of that. And, uh, you Dude, know, if people would realize what all they have to do is smile at a stranger, they have no idea how much that could just literally save that person's life. You have no idea what someone or the trouble or struggle someone might be going through and like just opening the door for someone kindness. I mean, like what you're doing is incredible, man. Going and spending. How, how often do you go uh, visit those kids? Um, well, you know, since COVID, it's, it was kind of shut down and it was sort of inconsistent yeah. for that. But they're opening back up in mid-October and I'm going to be like leading the kid writing program. So it'll be every week. Very cool. Every week, I, I hope so. So you, you awesome. train your bike, you're training full-time, recovering full-time, and giving your time to your community full-time. That is, seriously, man, that's awesome. Like, if people are on here listening, how can they maybe help the Outride program or even this other program you're in, the juvenile one? How, do they, how can they somehow help if they're interested? I don't know. Someone's yeah. got to be out there. Well, I think what's really cool about Outride and the direction they're, they're evolving um, – is they have this outride fund. It's kind of a new pillar of the foundation. They have riding for focus program, which is middle school uh, riding programs, like way better PE <laughs> and uh, primarily like it's a grant process and they, and they reward grants um, primarily to underprivileged communities. Uh, but now they have this outride fund, which, which gives matching grants to people's projects in their community. So if anyone's listening they have an idea to build single track or start a riding program in their community, they can apply for an outright fund grant and uh, get matching money for that. And hopefully that can kind of in the future be a more involved partnership where if there's actually like a plan with some significant impact, then you can apply for it and outright can help you almost like a consulting group to like develop your plan and hopefully provide some money for it. So that's super cool and exciting, like because all these people 
who, you know, maybe listening and have like great ideas in their communities and know those communities, like those are the people who can actually start those projects. So, um, yeah. Thanks. And that's a, that's a big issue is honestly for a lot of people just to start something. So to have a, uh, an organization that kind of basically, you know, you just send them the ideas. It's pretty awesome. Totally. Yeah. Um, I think like there's so many different silos to the bike world and these different efforts and being able to connect them and bridge the gaps or whether it's the gap between NICA and elite level racing, you know, that's really what can help cycling become more appealing to everyone and a better experience to, you know, kids growing up. So that's awesome, man. That's so cool. And you well, know, a lot so of, you're studying, sorry, you're studying business right now. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, no worries. Uh, yeah. Business and sociology. So business and sociology, how, I mean, you're doing your own thing with mountain biking and kind of the pioneering thing and having to get your own sponsors and do all that. How has the business side helped you with that? Or like, what is maybe like, what's something advice you'd give to a young kid who wants to pursue mountain biking and they need to, you know, because everyone wants to know that, like, how do you get those sponsors or how do you, you know, up, you know, do that stuff or make yourself good for business or marketable? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a big question. You know, I'm on the specialized factory team, which in a lot of ways functions like the, the road teams, you know, like you make the team and you kind of like, I have deep connections with the brand because I've been with specialized for so long. And, uh, you know, I live close by and my sisters work there. So like, I think the biggest advice I could give people is not to like, you know, focus on your own brand or, you know, sponsor posts all of that is important which is somewhat unfortunate to a degree if you know yeah no it's the truth yeah. it's the reality yeah. of the world we live in as much as so, it's yeah. not why we do it it's just like it's, if you want to make money doing it that's what you got money do. doing it but you know what i was going to really say is like find the people in those companies who you align with and who get you and who will be your advocate and uh work with the brands with the people that you like and you know are on your team I think like if you find someone in X bike brand who, you know, you've known growing up and believed in you or you have a personal relationship with someone like that's going to help you carve out your space within that brand and your own, you know, sponsorship opportunities as well. Yeah, that's great investment. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. Awesome. Well, but it's, a, it's a difficult, difficult jungle to navigate for sure. <laughs> yes well how you how are you navigating it now then with i mean because it's getting crazy it's getting i mean especially with this year with it being so co content focused uh with no racing um what you know how did how did you keep up with the jungle yeah well you know specialize is so big and like diverse in the things that they do that there's a lot of different areas that i can be involved in whether it's outride or the edi team um, you know, or the elite mountain bike world cup program. So I'm trying to like, not be too, not spread too thin with all these things, but be multifaceted in how I engage with a brand like specialized. Um, and then I have kind of room to develop and content wise and like stories to tell. And when I, when I think about what that looks like, whether it's like, you know, my own content or helping tell other people's stories, like, 
it's really got to be meaningful got to have like more than more substance to it than just like simple kind of you know <laughs> noise out there so i'm totally really gotta have something to say exactly so like you know you got to do some some brain and heart mapping for that but um i got some like projects i'll you know do in the next uh few months but um right now you know i'm over in europe getting ready for these world cups and i'm really lucky that I have such a like high level race to train for and everything. I know a lot of people don't. I'm jealous. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, so, so that's, you know, like that's my sole goal right now, but when I get back, I'll definitely, you know, think of some creative projects or different ways to um, be involved. So. So you just have this, uh, this race in Austria, is that, that going to be your only race this year? No, then we go to – so this is just really a warm-up race on Sunday. And then we have two weeks off, and then I go to Czech Republic. And we have two World Cups in Nova Mesto, and then World Championships back in Austria. So right on. three three big races, really. So that's so what? You'll be there for the next month or so? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. That's sweet. And then what's uh, what do you got on plan already for 2021? Well, I'm finishing school. Uh, I go to Cal Poly and, you know, we're all online. So I'll go back to San Luis Obispo and do the Zoom thing for classes. Um, and then it's my first year elite. You know, it's my last year under 23 now. So, I mean, next year is essentially going to be what this year was supposed to be with the, with the Olympics and prep for that. So um, I'll do all I can to make it to Tokyo and um, take a break. I want to do some, some cyclocross maybe. I don't really want to race in the U.S. if we're still kind of you know, neck deep in the pandemic. So that's TBD, but, um, I'll go back to California and then next year, you know, through July is just focused on trying to get to Tokyo. And then after that, I think things kind of open and I'm sort of at a crossroads on where I can head in my career. So we'll right see. On, that's going to be interesting. Well, we'll be cheering for you. Uh, especially leading into Tokyo. I know Eisenhardt's got, uh, he's on, I think, Team Keegan because they're monster guys. But I, 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 I got my specialized guy here, so I'm, I'm trying to And you, Utah man. boy. And, and Utah, Utah boy, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. All right, I'll claim, no, I'll claim Chris is a California boy and specialized boy. So I'll, I'll be <laughs> Both our boys are there. I mean, everyone who's done the podcast has had some sort of success, man. I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say Well, I think, dude, I think that meditating is the way because we had Sylvain Dullier who started meditating. Big meditation. And then he, for second, Perry Bay. We got Chris who's just like a legend at pretty much any bike he touches. So maybe meditating is the way, man. I Yeah, that's definitely – I couldn't agree more, man. You got to get on it, especially with the baby coming soon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when is it – when's it due? Man, when he can. He's gonna. He's just gonna pop out sometime any day now. Pretty much <laughs> any day. What's yeah, his date? It could have October first is the due date. So any day. He's he's ready. Uh, how are you guys doing? We're we're crushing it, man. All good. Just smoked in here. Just can't ride. Yeah. Can't go outside. But uh, yeah, you you in what Santa Rosa, right? Santa Rosa, yeah. So I mean, it's just like the sun hasn't come out in like four days. Um to not just make it like super depressing but it kind of is pretty depressing so yeah uh, my sister's in san francisco and sent pictures it looks like mars it's it's disgusting now so i'm just hitting some zwift and trying to train again i took my little i took a little break um the last couple of weeks and then i started training and then it, the because we had like a bunch of fires really close by and then 
those went away, but then there's bigger fires that are now north and south of us, so it's still all smoky. Um, but yeah, no, he's coming. He's he he's gonna little guy's gonna pop out any day now. So that's exciting. Could be that's during really the podcast. Exciting. No, hopefully not during. I think I'll have to. I might have to leave if uh, that would be awesome. <laughs> hey, dude. Uh, sorry, boys. I gotta go. Uh, baby just is coming all the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, so. <laughs> Yeah. No. Oh man. Well, well, Chris, dude, it's been great, man. Uh, do you have any final thoughts or anything you would, you know, how can fans follow you or support you or, you know, what are you doing? Uh, any final thoughts for that? Yeah. I mean, you know, Instagram is the best way probably to check up on what I'm doing. Um, check out Chris Blevins. Yeah. No, it's Christopher Blevins. Oh, see, see, that's why you got to say that stuff, man. Christopher Blevins. Let me check, man. Blev. Uh, no, there's an S there. So Christopher Blev. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, if anyone kind of struck, if if anything I said on what I do, you know, with the juvenile halls or without ride struck a chord, like I'd love to talk to people about that. So like definitely. Yeah. Send them a send them a DM on how you can be DMs. supportive on that. Yeah. And yeah. ensure yeah. you'd answer. Yeah. You are a class act, man. It, this has been a fun conversation, and I love it when conversations. I mean, you know, you think you're gonna, it's going to be talking about a lot about the races or prep for Tokyo, and it ends up being a lot, you know, about a, the outride and your, ju- you know, you working at the juvenile hall. And so I think that's so cool. And I think every cyclist, it would just, you know, be so. I mean, we have a lot of time. You know, we always complain mm-hmm. that we don't, but. Yeah. We do. we we do and you are the example of that man and like i mean you just motivate me to do even more for my community you know like so that's super cool man appreciate that well thank you man and thanks for you know having me on and for guiding it that way and thanks for what you guys too do as well you know so i think hopefully oh, man, we're, we have can... you listened to the show at all have you have you heard a few episodes I, to be honest, no. I have no. Yet, man. Oh, that's no. Okay. That's okay. Dude, that's okay. You can be honest with <laughs> no, us. We're good. honest going guys, man. You know, honest honest guys. There are out there and like it, it's a good thing because podcasts are awesome. But I, I promise yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> Especially this one. There's this one's a, a good one, huh? Oh, it is. This one's a good one. Maybe maybe go listen to Keegan's though so that you have a little bit of inside info on what he's up to so that you can uh, – Yeah, you want to believe the stuff he was saying oh, about yeah. you, man. Oof. You're going to want to so dig in deep into that. man. I'm sure. <laughs> no, man. I, yeah, no. The reason I ask is uh, when I reached out to Mateo, uh, we had Mateo Jorgensen on last week. Ah. Yeah. And uh, when I reached out to him, he was just listening to the podcast we did with Sylvan Delia. And you should go check out the one with Sylvan. I mean, he's big into meditation. And uh, I mean, he's a rock star, man. Yeah. So sweet. No, I totally cool, will. man. All hey, right. I appreciate the love. You go have fun in Austria. Good luck, go buddy. Kick some ass, man. And uh yeah go everyone go give him a follow and go hit up outright that's super cool yeah so, appreciate you guys and hope to cross yeah. uh tyler yeah. good okay. baby and everything thanks yeah thanks yeah man i'll see you soon hopefully yeah definitely all, all right. right cheers all right. bye
What's up? Well, that was great, man. Yeah. He's a, I mean, he does a lot of things and they're all really cool. That's all I yeah, can say. Yeah, he. He is a standout guy, man. We've been lucky to get a lot of good guests on the show, man. Mm. Uh, that definitely that blew me away. I mean, we didn't even cause... get to his music either. What? Oh my gosh, yeah. that could have a... been a three-hour podcast, man. It he... could have been. So he's also a musician. Yeah, he's he got some. He he raps, dude. What? He's really cool. He's way cooler than any other bike rider in the world. Oh my gosh, man. Yeah. Oh my gosh! I wish we could. Uh, how did that not get brought up so we could oh, have him do a sesh, like a little oh man rap sesh, man? Yeah, we might have to pay him for that one. I would have sent him the Venmo. Yeah, that would have been. <laughs> I mean, that would have been awesome. But yeah. that, no, he's a super great guy, and it's incredible because I mean, for everyone listening, he's the he's going to the Olympics next year with the not you know USA. Like he's the best. Him and Keegan are at the top for their mountain biking. And, you know, when they go to the races, they're there to win. And it's crazy that the amount of other things he's doing to, you know, still have time to focus on training. And, I mean, because it's crazy. I remember training hard, and I would make up so many excuses, I felt like, of why I couldn't do things or, you know, and here's this guy just doing it all. Yeah, dude, he's, he's busy. He's a busy guy. It's, yeah. I mean, going to school, training. I mean, yeah, he does. Yeah. I mean, you look at how much specialized he uses him for their media. He yeah. watched the new Epic pretty yeah. much. So he was I mean, on the he, SL7 a lot uh, yeah, I when mean, he did that. But he's, uh, he, he gets around. But dude, he, I mean, yeah, it was really, I mean, and that's the other thing to highlight. He's, he's finishing school. A lot of people, mm-hmm. when they get that contract or because, uh, or like on that path, you know, they're like, no, okay, I won't finish. Like, I'm, I'm done. You know, I'm, I, I did what I, like, I'm, I'm on my journey now. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's pushing through and sees that knowledge is key to this life. And, uh, like I said, it's been cool having these young, young bucks on here, man. And definitely, I mean, you say young, like we're, we're young, but like Mateo was 20 or 22, whatever. And, and, and also, you know, Chris is that same, around that same age, isn't he? Yeah, he's 20, 22. He says last year he's twenty three. So. Yeah, that's. I yeah. thought he was. I already thought he was out of it. Mm. That's incredible. So really fun episode. Hope everyone else loved it, and I hope someone was you know hit by the, you know, the heart cord to do something with the outride or even yeah, that. check out outride. They do a lot of really cool things. I didn't know you were involved especially in with. It. Yeah, well, I was supposed to be a lot more, but I mean. Um, yeah, they just like I was looking forward. The team is supposed to do some school visits, and I was going to do some up here. And um, there's some yeah, really cool people involved in Outright. His sister is like the kind of like the manager, I guess okay. you could say of it. Chris's yeah. sister is, and then uh, yeah, Justin's an ambassador. I'm an ambassador. Um, Allison Tetrick is an ambassador. So yeah, there's so a lot what do of you cool guys do involved. as ambassadors? You said you visit the schools, or yeah, you do school visits, and I mean, Chris is Chris goes above and beyond because he's yeah. Chris, but um, yeah, you do school visits, ride with kids, try and get people involved. Um, yeah, that's cool. We haven't had too much opportunity to do that this year. Yeah, definitely but, not. Uh, yeah, hopefully next year it picks up again because it's something I was looking forward to doing. Yeah, very cool, very cool. Well, yeah, great episode. There's all that info to go check that out for you outride and go follow Chris and his adventures. Uh, you know, T. Will, he's got the baby on the way. You think it's going to come this week, you think? 
No, so my prediction is September 28th. I've been pretty um, pretty confident it. on that one for a while now, since oh, basically yeah. the beginning. So I've just been – I'm staying true, staying true to my guns here, September 28th. So got got uh, 17 more days. This is this is incredible, man. When we started this podcast or started talking about this podcast, you know, back in February, March, and, you know, I can't – we're finally here to – getting close to the baby being born and everything. I can't wait. So it's going to yeah. be really exciting, man. I'll be it'll a be... whole podcast. Oh, it will. It definitely will. You'll have, I can't wait to hear it, man. I can't wait yeah. to hear it. So that's what that for you, man. I mean, that's pretty new, but yeah, I mean, nothing else, man. Training Just... indoors because of the smoke. Yeah. Dude, he's on Zwift now. Back I'm, on I'm Zwift. Back on Zwift. So someone find me, someone, <laughs> someone find me on Zwift. I'm, just riding along. Did a race today. Just doing some races because it's won a race. Yeah. You won a race. I got to do so, my ranking. Fell. I was up to like twelfth, I think, ranking in the world. I at see, one point. I haven't and understood then, the Zwift good enough to know or well enough to know like that stuff because I'll see it'll have like the percentages, what you are or whatever. But uh, I Bahati also told me there's like an app because people will like message, but I don't get how they message like while they're racing but he told me there's an app for that like where you message another podcast for all the zwift nuances dude and honestly i can't believe people can even message while racing i'm like oh they do though i'll be they'll talk trash and we'll be doing five messages yeah i know it's not do five watts per kilo there and they're just messaging all this trash i get real upset about that stuff trust me oh that's when i attack that's when i attack i don't i don't because i'm already pinned but uh, I just get really annoyed. <laughs> no, oh, so funny. But yeah. so I gotta get yeah. my ranking up, man, because it I, it dropped. I took a little break from it after that virtual Joe Martin in June, so I'm just kind of starting yeah. starting back again. Getting her rolling again. I yeah. see it. So catching back up. But yeah. for me, uh, looks like the Belgian Waffle Ride is happening in Cedar City. Um, that's October 17th. Uh, so I'm gonna be. I'm getting ready for that. So you're gonna be peaked, man. Come back. I'm gonna, dude. I can't wait, man. I can't wait. You know, the weather's finally getting cool, so it's allowing me to train outside, which is phenomenal. Because I mean, it's you can't ride your bike when it's 115 out. You know, you're just dying. Oh, uh, Alexi's gonna be there, so maybe we can get an in-person podcast going, and I'll join that virtually. Would, that would be sweet. That would yeah. be sweet. I ordered some podcast equipment, man. Oh boy! Uh, All right. Yeah, but it was like a few months ago. So, okay. uh, it was like one of those things where they're coming at like when they, like a uh, like Kickstarter type thing, yeah, you know, yeah, where they yeah. have the idea. Uh, so you get it for a good price. Uh, so it's if that that would be really killer because that was my goal was we we'd be at these events that and was we'd the be whole doing idea. it live. Yeah. So well, but, I maybe, mean, maybe we'll get to socially distanced, of course. But so, yeah, we could zoom you in, but me and Alexi, I'll, I'll, yeah, you and Alexi uh, can do a podcast. Who that'd else be would be there? Killer. Yeah. Uh, I bet you Colin Strickland will be there. I bet yeah. you, what do you think, Setna's going to be there? Setna's going to be there. We could get Setna on for sure. Yeah. yeah. Setna's been avoiding me. I took his Stravas. Oh. And, uh, the summer little uh, he's drama been, over. Yeah, he's, he's he's been running away since then. He hasn't come back to town. Chased him Yeah, out. I've seen that. He's been driving his van I chased him so yeah. far away from town that he changed his Strava uh, location to Tahoe because he doesn't want to live here anymore. That's so funny. So, oh, my. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, you were training, you can, too. Maybe you can find Stetna. Uh, let's get him. Let's get him. No, yeah. that'll be awesome, man. I'm excited to get racing again. Just get out and be, be in a little bit of, you know, normality again. And 
so that's that's super exciting for us over at Imaginary Collective and for the gravel scene to just get events going. So mm-hmm. it's just a good sign for 2021. Hopefully. So, Hopefully it goes Radical. Well. I mean, Awesome. Well, thanks everyone for listening and joining in. Uh, definitely having a blast with these conversations and it's been great having so many awesome guests on. So uh, yeah, let us know if you guys have any comments, please share the podcast uh, to your friends, family, whatever. Uh, so yeah, word gets around. Let's keep spreading the good vibes. Yeah. Absolutely. Appreciate love. See you guys right. next. Oh, Ciao. catch us this, uh, like what Monday or Sunday, Monday one for of those the, days for the recap recap. Yeah. So we're going to do, we'll do it week two. Uh, yeah. Recap on the Monday of the tour de France. And that's been super fun. Cause again, we can be, uh, just talk whatever we want to talk about there and, you know, really rant about it. So it's cool. Uh, I don't know if I have that. Well, besides, yeah. All right. We'll get to that. There, we'll get to it. Save it. Yeah. So. All right. All right, we'll talk to you later, man. Uh, Have a good one. Ciao. Bye.